Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 117. Today's show is all about remote work, having and managing team members that are not always at a common business location. We'll be referencing some of the work that Jason Freight and David Hansen did to create the book Remote, Office Not Required. Jason is the founder of 37 Signals, the company behind Basecamp, Rise, and Campfire business software. And David is the creator of Ruby on Rails, the open source web framework used by hundreds of thousands of web applications. So let's get started. Good morning, Shai. Good morning, Craig. Hey, it's time to talk about a challenge that our business owners are having as they go forward and grow their businesses at some point, or they might be right in the middle of it, is dealing with remote workers and hiring remote workers. Have you worked with this environment much? Oh, sure. Yeah, I work with it all the time. I have different people that work for me that are working remotely at least part of the time. And, you know, I work with a lot of companies that have entire remote teams. Yeah, it's growing. I'm seeing it on my side, too. So, you know, the time is right to be really focusing in on this remote worker and understanding where do we go from here as a business owner? It's no longer the requirement of having somebody in an office, somebody occupying a chair in order to have that person totally productive within a team. We've got lots of technologies. We've got the full Internet capabilities. We've got software, communication tools and taking down a lot of those physical barriers that used to exist. So great employees also are becoming very locally scarce, you know, where we used to have unemployment up there helping us as business owners to have resources to draw upon and be able to find employees. Now we're finding that some of those particular resources that we need for certain positions are not available where we are. So new hires tend to want to stay also in the geographies they enjoy. So whenever they can stay and work remotely, it's a benefit to them and potentially a very high benefit to the business owner. And one of the things we're seeing in the surveys that are coming out with the new generations of employees are one of the highest ranked benefits are flexible work hours. So again, that flexibility comes into the remote worker also, making it a positive benefit to both employee and the business. So from the business owner's standpoint, what have you seen some of the issues that they have? I think the hardest part for the business owner especially for our business owners that generationally that this is just such a new and sort of disruptive norm for them, right? So our business owners, certainly above the age of 35, didn't grow up in the workplace working remotely, right? So there's a bit of a mindset shift that is a struggle, but also this incredible opportunity, especially if you work in a metropolitan region where there's a lot of traffic and a lot of commute time, it's getting over this idea of having people working remotely versus having them under your thumb where you can observe what they're doing all the time, right? And so it's a great opportunity because it also helps you improve your leadership skills by having to grow up a little bit. (laughs) So if you're a recovering micromanager, there's some real opportunity here to create more efficiency, have more engaged employees, 
and really make great strides in your business. Yeah, it has a great upside potential and how to harness it. And some of the feedback I get is, well, if they're all in different parts of the world, how do we work that scenario on a team as far as the projects we're working on? And the experts out there, including Jason and David in their book, who have done this in high volume, really focus on the work schedule overlap, a minimum of four hours in which all work schedules should be able to overlap. So there's a common window in which everybody should be able to be available to collaborate and work on projects together to be able to share calendars, to be able to use many of the great work tools that are out there, like Google Hangouts and Meetups and Zoom and GoToMeeting and Skype and Asana and Slack, Basecamp. All of these are great tools that allow for great projects to be managed anywhere in the world on a continuous basis and allow them to share collaboratively in the work process. So a lot of these issues are being vaporized by a lot of new technologies and work styles. So it allows that opportunity to really look at what's out there. And on a growth standpoint, if you want to augment your team, you may consider it on a remote basis. But that brings up some of the hiring issues. And I know that you've done some of this, Shai. You know, the challenge is really on the leader, the ability for people to work from anywhere at any time. It's really an incredible opportunity. It creates location independence for generations of folks that now don't have to be stuck in a high rent district in order to do the work they love. And it creates the potential for a lot of efficiency. And it's really on the leaders to figure out how do we best leverage that so we can continue to have the best employees that are really excited about working with us and give them that freedom and do it in a way that we can keep track and still make sure that they're productive and doing the things we need to move the business forward. So when you talk about hiring, your biggest challenge to me is setting a clear expectation of what it is you want and what those interactions will look like. But how is the leader going to implement that? You know, How are you going to make sure that you have regular FaceTime with someone who's working in another time zone? And that you're using that time productively, that you're not just checking in because you're concerned about what they're doing at home. It's on you to really define more than ever the outcomes of that work and what those interactions will look like. And managing the remote workers. One of the challenges that I see is having this not an invisible employee to the rest of the team and to the company to make sure they're not second class workers. The business owner has to make sure that there are the right protocols in place to make sure that these remote employees are inclusive at all times, and even maybe overly so, to make sure the visibility is there. They have to be brought into the culture and included in the culture and the creative sessions and the solutions and the work team environment on a continuous basis. And then it's up to the business owners or the manager to make sure that they're highlighting some of the contributions and accomplishments of these remote workers to be that voice for them in the day-to-day culture to assist them in their visibility issues. Then the actual management, scheduling those one-on-ones to be there and coaching them and mentoring these remote workers so that they feel like they're a part of the activities. It's all inclusive and they're a key member to the actual team. Jason and David also highly recommend that at least a few times a year that there is a large get-together 
of course, depending on the company size and fundings and so forth, to be able to bring them in for specific meetings a few times a year adds to that gluing together the remote workers with the location-based workers also. So it's very proactive owner, business manager standpoint to be able to address all of the special needs that a remote worker needs. So some of the remote workers you've dealt with, what are some of the things that they're looking at? So the two biggest factors that we know about remote work in terms of challenges that they have is really loneliness and collaborating and communicating, right? That we are social creatures. So I think you talked about this a lot in terms of making sure that there's opportunities for FaceTime and that you're making these people feel like they're part of an organization And not just merely a resource that's somehow less important, like you said, somehow more of a second class worker. And I think for the remote worker themselves, they have to manage their own emotions in relationship with the business and also try to be proactive about making sure they have regular touch points and that they're getting FaceTime. And really, there's also the productivity factor, which is avoiding distractions at home, right? And building a routine. As I transitioned to doing more and more remote work, one of the challenges I had was, okay, well, I don't have to see people today, so maybe I can just stay in my pajamas while I'm working. (laughs) And what I found is that, you know, developing and evolving your morning routine to be productive and getting into the right mindset around work, having a very specific and intentional place where you work at home and developing habits to keep you productive and keep you motivated are probably the biggest issues, right, in terms of being successful. And it took me a while to get into that habit. The awesome opportunity here, though, is, you know, and think of managing not just your time, but your health. That opportunity is, you know, you can do things if you are someone that likes to go to the gym or whatever you want to do for your physical fitness routine. You can take advantage of going to the gym or going to classes at off times that aren't available to a lot of people that are working in a nine to five office environment. Once you make that part of your routine, that can be really powerful, but it's like anything else. It needs to be part of a routine that you have so that you're really conscious about the time that you're working and the work that you're doing. I just thought of another one that comes up in the readings and also some of the business owners I've worked with in the past have had a negative view on remote worker hiring potentials because they thought, well, there's so many distractions at home that really pull them away from their work and I can't control that. And I'm going, well, take a look at your office. How many distractions and interruptions do you have every hour? And there's usually this pause. I said, the office is the most distracting environment you could possibly have, especially with some of the new offices where there are no cubicles, there's no barriers, there's nothing. There's open desks or tables, as we see in many of the offices today of just open tables. Everybody brings their laptop, their headsets, and they're ready to roll. And so the opportunity for distraction is everywhere. So it really comes down to the individual making sure you're hiring right, making sure you're managing right, making sure you're setting the expectations and developing that person to be autonomous and to be able to be high capacity, whether they're in a physical office under your supervision or visuals or at a remote office. Same activities apply. And I think for our listeners that are feeling a bit uncomfortable as they hear this discussion and and maybe have struggled trying to figure out how to incorporate more remote workers, but 
are having trouble letting go of this idea of being in control, right? (laughs) Of being able to see them every day and understand the work that they're doing. I would challenge you to really think about that because the people that are able to get comfortable with this and the people that can leverage it are going to win. You will achieve incredible things if you can harness this power of allowing people to work in the way that enables them to be the happiest, right? So you're going to get better workers and you're going to get people that are going to be happier and more engaged um, because they're not spending an hour to two hours of their life just driving back and forth. How are you going to get your best employees when they have a brutal commute and they get there and they're already pissed off from that drive, right? So, I mean, you can really capture people in their best state if you can work towards a system that allows them to work remotely. It's amazing. I've got one client that works worldwide and has his team worldwide. And it works because he's hired really, really well. And he starts out with a probationary period and he adds in a little project test on the front end just to make sure that this really is going to work for both the employee and the owner. And the results have been impressive. So you got to start right up front, as we all know, getting the right people with the right mindsets and investing in them and early on to make sure there's a fit and to make sure that they're growing in the direction you need them. And they're part of the process and part of the team and productive and highly valued within the team. So that's on the business owner's side. So just like you're saying, that the efficiencies can be there. So Shai, for our business owners, what would be some action steps that they can affect right now? I would say regardless of what business you're in, that you pull out your org chart, if you haven't done that in a while, and you probably have not, (laughs) if by some chance you don't have an org chart, this is as good a time as any to get an understanding of what's happening in your company. And look through all the positions that you have and really think about how many of these are location dependent and how many of them are not, right? So if you are delivering a service, if you operate a restaurant, clearly the majority of those employees will be location dependent, right? But there are other kinds of businesses that you may find when you just do this initial assessment that there's the opportunity for some of these employees to work remotely. And I would really think that through. So even in the example I gave you about the restaurant, it could be that you have accounting services. You might have a bookkeeper. You might have a manager that is not a direct manager in that location. And do they all come into an office or is that something that you might be able to begin to leverage the opportunity to work remotely? So I think the first step to me is really just assessing where you are and understanding what are the opportunities within my business to allow for remote working and what would those benefits look like? And I would start to look at your overhead. Could I save money in office space and equipment? Do I have fully engaged employees in those positions? Is that an opportunity to relook at those positions and see if I can outsource or see if I can transition an employee to work remotely that might improve their quality of life? even if it's just a few days a week. What I'd add here is, you know, really look at some of these from a project and task relationship. You know, being able to measure that task success and value rather than how visible anyone was in the workplace. Does it really matter that they be visible in the workplace or they can be virtually visible? Craig, I really want to accent this point because this is such an important point 
This is your attitude as a business owner that you need to get over, right? And this is what holds a lot of people back when it comes to accepting the idea of remote workers or maybe more readily embracing the idea of remote workers. I've heard this again and again from business owners that resist this idea and say, you know, how can I make sure that they're actually doing the work that they're supposed to be doing? How do I know they're not home watching their TV? And you want to know what? The trick is, if those are your excuses, that means that you're afraid that you can't trust those people and you haven't created the systems and tools and you don't have the leadership skills yet required to make them effective. And so you're hiding behind this, right? You need to look at how this is showing up in your business right now. What kinds of things are you measuring right now? Are you measuring what time people come to work every day and what time they leave? Is that an inadvertent culture that you now have in your workplace because you haven't created the right systems and focus around the actual productivity and output of the projects that they're working on? Because if you have those things, then it's going to be a lot easier to let go and trust people to work remotely because everyone will be on the same page of what the expectations are. So again, this is one of those points in the program. If you are feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing. You should take a look in the mirror, take a look at the organization right now and say, huh, if I'm not set up for people to work remotely, how am I set up for them to be successful internally? And there's a real opportunity there for change. I'm glad you brought up trust. It's the focal center point of culture within a business. And trust doesn't start just overnight. It's one of those things you build over time. So there's a continuous effort on both sides to really refine this and make it a nice, smooth operational environment. Another one I want to bring back, one we mentioned before that David and Jason recommended because of the volume of remote workers they have is this crossover time. A particular time of the day, times of the week in which all the employees can attend meetings, regardless of the time zone. So there's that inclusiveness, there's that collaboration, and that building of teams based on virtual meetings and remote meetings via the internet on a continuous basis and have that part of the project and part of that relationship and trust building. And then that work-life importance, Shai, you mentioned a number of things that really are highly valued by employees. And the return on investment from the employer has been huge. I know that you have your set times for doing physical workouts, and it really makes a difference in the quality of your life. And this is so true for everyone going forward, given the volume of underlying stress that we have and the work levels that we want to attain. It takes both mental and physical fitness to be able to do our best. So allowing this flexibility by most valued team members is a big deal. Remote working allows that to happen on a continuous basis. And like Shai says, if that's not available to your work environment, you're missing out on something that's very fundamental to a healthy, growing work environment. Yeah, so my final thought on this is that your employees are not so much different than you are in terms of the things that motivate them. I mean, do you really think that they value autonomy any less than you value it? So when you're giving them that gift to have more control over their time, the reward you will get back is in multiples of what you would get if you're trying to constrict their time more. So in other words, when you get them to focus more on the results of the job and the output that you want them to achieve, and you worry less 
about what they're doing and how they're doing it, you free them up to be more creative and you're going to get your entire company to shift more to thinking around goals and objectives and deadlines. And you're teaching them to actually grow up and self-manage and you're empowering them. And that's a huge gift that you're giving your employees. But more importantly, it's a huge gift that you're giving your culture. So I would say, you know, just start small. You don't have to completely rip off the Band-Aid here. If you're not using some kind of flex working schedule now or you're not leveraging remote workers, again, start small, assess where you are today, get a picture of where you are today, and try to first qualify by thinking through these different positions like we talked about and trying to figure out where the opportunities might be to help people work remotely. And some of them may be existing workers, right? Maybe it's just for part of the day or part of the week, but start to see where those opportunities might be. And the next thing from there is start to think about, well, if that's true, what are the long-term implications here? And how can we shift more to allowing people have more autonomy over the work that they do? And how can we shift more to understanding and setting clear goals and outcomes so that those management habits happen throughout our organization. Because that's really what all of this is about. If you can manage well remotely, then it's even easier to manage when people are all in the same building. So these skills are not necessarily different. The best practices of one truly apply to the other. And maybe that's what's been holding you back. One last tip I have would be to quantify. So as you're going through this, don't just look at, you know, well, these are some opportunities. I guess maybe we could try this with a few people. Think about what are the opportunities for savings here, real savings on physical space and other things in the long term. If you start to develop a strategy where you say, really, we can experiment with this right now. But ultimately, if we could move even one or two of these positions to being remote, how could that help us in terms of cost and benefits to your entire workplace? This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business. That's aligned, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.